sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after, powered by the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Dubs Anderson, filling in for Benny Stevens. Happy Thursday to you and yours. Go and get those tickets in. I hope you're having a good week. And make sure you're following us on social media, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. All the latest groundbreaking news as it's dropping from the sports and sports investing world. Bet smarter, not harder. And again, the PGA Tour Round 1 is underway for the Rocket Mortgage Classic Sam Wright and Tony Fina up top of the leaderboard already at five under par. It's a birdie shootout. It's a sprint to the finish line. But let's take a look at some of these other names who uh, I don't mind this week. Again, Will Zalatoris and Cameron Young, two young guys looking for that breakthrough win on the PGA Tour. I like them both for this one. They're not great numbers, 14 to 1 and 16 to 1 for Cameron Young there, but it's only a matter of time. If you're looking for a bit more value, a guy like Keegan Bradley at 33 to 1, he excels. In strokes gain, T to green. That's what we're looking for this week. Keep it in play. Find the fairway. Keegan Bradley, we know he brings that intensity. Um, he's a Boston lad, so it's you know it's it's not too far for him in terms of travel. A guy who it is a little far for, Adam Scott at 37 to 1. The sweet swing in Australian. And again, we got the Live Series going on this week. From what I'm hearing, Adam Scott, Cameron Smith, and Mark Leishman are all going to make the jump after the President's Cup later this year, which is going to you know suck for the PGA Tour. But as long as we catch some winners, Adam Scott is a very good play for this week's tournament. He's very good off the tee, a great iron player. Now 43 years of age. Can we really argue for some of these older statesmen to go and chase that bag with the Live Series? Get paid and you don't even have to make a cut? Absolutely. Why would you not entertain it? Let's take a look at some of the other options here for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We've got some good top 20 plays. And this is where... I live on the weekly for the PGA Tour, the finishing positions. We're getting plus money for top 20 finishes. That is what it's all about. Some of the names that stand out to me, okay, you know, it's great to see Fino out there having himself a day. But again, you've got to look for value. A name that stands out here, Sahith Gala, plus 175, up the road from here in Pepperdine. He's got Dubsy's mate on the bag. Um, he's been knocking on the door. He hits an absolute mile, but he can run the tables with the flat sticks, Sahith Gala at plus 175 for a top 20 finish this week. That's a name you've got to watch. And look, everyone's going on about the whole Live Series. Look at how many great, young, talented golfers we've got here on the PGA Tour. And that's not going away. Sure, we're going to lose a couple of big names, uh, you know, over the next couple of months. But we've got such a great, you know, feeder tour coming from the Corn Free Tour where we get guys like Willie Z, Cameron Young, Sahith Gala, Davis Riley, ready to win. So they ain't going nowhere. We've now got the DP World Tour funneling into the PGA Tour. The talent pool is always going to be strong. And look, everyone's pointing the finger that this now players, let's let's worry about our own backyard here on the PGA Tour. What happens when the girlfriend dumps you? Are you going to go on about the ex-boyfriend who she's dating now? No, no, no. Get back in the gym. Lose some weight. Look at yourself. Get yourself in order. And that's what the PGA Tour has to do for me. We're playing too many events. The season's far too long. And we start to see signs of that this week. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, sure, we got a few names up top here. Fenial, Cantley, Willie C. But after that, it's crickets. 
there's a bit of a drop-off. That is my concern with where golf is at right now. We've got two events this week, the Bedminster Live Series. We don't need that. We've only got enough for one. Imagine when football comes around in six weeks, five weeks from now. College football on Saturdays. We welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159. This is the morning after with Dubs Anderson, and I'm a little worked up. We're talking about the current state of the PGA Tour and the Live Series and what happens when football comes along in five weeks from now. Do you think people are going to be turning in the back, uh, you know, uh, golf events, put some tickets in? No, it's still a niche sport. We've got to keep that in check. You've got to remind yourself of that. We don't have enough to play multiple tours week in, week out. Don't get me started. What about a league that is coming up here? The English Premier League starts next week. Yes, I know you're excited for Dubsy. This is the best domestic sporting competition in the world, bar none. It's an absolute fact. We look at the market here. Man City, uh, minus 175 to go back to back. Yeah, it's a little chalky. But the thing I love about the Premier League, there's no playoffs. You are rewarded for consistency, which is why we do get a little chalky. Man City, who have they added into their lineup? Erling Haaland, uh, absolute superstar, 21 years of age. Did they need to add, you, add anyone? No, they didn't. Pep Guardiola, he's been fantastic as a manager. Kevin De Bruyne, one of the hottest properties in football right now. And then you add in Harling, who's already bagged his first couple of goals um, playing out here in the States for Man City. So they're absolutely going to be the team to beat. What's going on with Manchester United? They're donezo. Cristiano Ronaldo, 37 years of age. He doesn't want to be there. He's saying, get me out of Old Trafford, but there's no one who wants to take him. They, they, they offered him in uh, Saudis 200 million. He says, no. They offered, uh, come to MLS. He says, no, I want to win a Champions League. Well, mate, that's great. But you're 37 now. Yes, you, you're great on attack. He was still scoring a plethora of goals uh, you know, last season at Old Trafford, but he doesn't want to play defense. He's not a two-way player anymore. He lacks that, uh, that dedication, that discipline. So it's great if you want a guy scoring goals up front, but you need the complete package for Manchester United, um, new gaffer up top there, Eric Ten Hag. He's got his hands full. Christian Eriksen joins their lineup. But again, everyone is chasing Manchester City. And I turn it back to last season. They were going for four trophies. The, the complete quaddy, if you will. So yes, I absolutely love them to go back-to-back in the Premier League. Minus 175, Manchester City. And Cristiano Ronaldo, where's he going to go? Atletico, PSG. Who replaces him? Neymar Jr.? Old Trafford? Oh, don't get me started here on a Thursday, baby. The morning after Premier League starts next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens here on a Thursday. And things just got turned up a couple of notches. We are amongst royalty with this next guest, the sports professor, Rick Horro. Rick, we appreciate you making the time, but it sounds like they've lost your bags. You've been uh, gallivanting all across the world. The other side of the pond, mate, I see your travels. And i, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. You're at all these big sporting events, rubbing shoulders with society's elite Great to see it. Happy Thursday, Rick. 
First of all, good to meet you. Second of all, tell Ben Stevens he's Wally Pipp. I don't know if many people know that analogy, <laughs> but he's the guy that was replaced by Lou Gehrig, and he never got back, by the way. So he better get back real quick because he's sitting <laughs> at the shadow of a superstar. Next, I'm not going to name names, but Air Lingus, you better find my bag because the price of losing it is increasing every day when I don't get my underwear back, okay? I'm just telling you. Yeah, give, give my give my man a fresh set of drawers. And apparently, Rick, uh, that that suitcase you take around has millions of dollars of cash stuffed in there. So maybe the old uh, the grounds crew have found this one. But mate, talk to us. You've been on the other side of the pond. You're over there at the Open Championship, the Senior Open Championship. Interesting times in the world of golf right now. Everything going on between the PGA Tour, the the Upstart Live Series, which is making an absolute uh, you know thumping sound every single day amongst the media. Tell us about the trip. Well, the trip was amazing. And because it was fixed in with about 12 rounds of golf. And by the way, IRS, oh. I was working. All right. I'm working. So don't give me any grief. <laughs> and Jack Nicholas, who's been a friend for a long time, was invested with the Royal Order, the graduation ceremony of the golf management class at St. Andrews, which only they can do in a big robe. They called him Dr. Nicholas, had a chance to spend time, eat dinner, eat lunch with Gary Player, Tom Watson, Jack, his family, just priceless. Uh, but getting to the tournament itself, everybody talking only about live today, Bubba Watson, everybody else. And now when you look at the guys that are leaving, the guys that are leaving are much more powerful box office hits than the guys that are staying. And now we have an event at Bedminster. The way they've rolled it out is pretty interesting because now we have some dead time until the playoffs start with the quote-unquote real PGA Tour. But now the headlines are dominated by who's jumping and who's not and how they're going to do it. Just like the old basketball and hockey and football wars, I don't know how this one turns out. Yeah, interesting times indeed, Rick. I mean, I turned it back to six months ago. I'm like, nah, this thing is not going to get off the ground. Okay, you've got Dustin Johnson. Now we're looking at, you know, a, a, a fuller schedule, if you will, next season, 14 events they've announced this week. Uh, what, what do you see the future being? Apparently, they've got a five-year plan. Are we going to have to come to a table and sort of live side by side? No pun intended? Yeah. No pun intended, no pun taken, especially with the lawyers. The lawyers are happy. And as a lawyer, I can tell you, you can't have too many lawyers. Everybody is funding up for a titanic battle. Greg Norman says he's got the best lawyers in the world. It all depends on antitrust issues, which are complicated and different all over the world. So we're ready for multi-lawsuits unless they come into an agreement. The next battleground, the Ryder Cup, you know, when I was over there, Henrik Stenson booted off the Ryder Cup team as captain, resonated everywhere for the international side. The Americans, it's not that big a deal, but it will be. And then the majors. Now, the majors skated a little bit because they didn't have to worry about this year because they said, look, the points are the points. If you qualify, we're not going to kick you out of it. Not so sure next year when somebody doesn't have the points because they weren't allowed to play in the PGA Tour. That's interesting for the Masters, as you would say, the Masters, and all of the other, I butchered it, sorry, and all of the other majors as well. So we're not sure, but like any major conflict, it'll come to a leverage point and a tipping point. They gotta come to the table and talk. There's too much schism in golf. And the rhetoric is hurting everybody. Everybody's piling on everybody else. They're independent contractors. No, no, there's no gag order. So when Rory McIlroy says somebody's hypocritical, nobody's going to find him. There's just going to be a lot of responses. And all the reporters running around that 25,000-person town in St. Andrews looking for a response. It's been a field day for the media. 
Yeah, absolutely, uh, Rick. And I, I guess first and foremost, uh, what was your favourite meal from uh, being uh, over there in St Andrews? Did, did you get a good uh, English pub feed India? Oh, my God. Haggis pie, haggis pizza, oh, uh, haggis it. tortillas. No, I wouldn't dare touch that stuff, especially uh, the rumour is that haggis you got to kind of beat it into subsistence, even if it's on the plate, because it keeps moving. Uh, You know, I I ordered chips. I thought I'd get potato chips. I get the fries. I had more fries than the gross national potato product of Ireland and Scotland together. And I put on, what, about a good 20 pounds? So that'll give me the ability to uh, uh, lose it on the tennis court as well. Uh, The meals are fine. The golf is fantastic. Uh, Rory, uh, Cam, and Cam, you know, 57 under par, the top three guys. The high, the lowest score of any top three in the history of that event, and the drama was incredible. I know everybody wants to see Cam uh, uh, Smith uh, stay, but they also wanted to see Rory win. But listen, bottom line is, don't take your eyes off Cam Young. He is a superstar. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Would you say, I mean, it, it can't be good for the sport, Rick, but I really feel like uh, with everything going on, every day keeping it, in the mainstream media, I feel like golf has really grown, you know, away from the tour the last couple of years. Could you argue in some wacky sense that it's been good for the sport and we're sort of pushing towards being one of those mainstream, uh, you know, sports moving forward? I don't know if you remember, but when I was at Harvard Law School, I I, uh, I, I learned from the best, P.T. Barnum. And it was like, you could say what you want. Doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's bad, but you got to keep talking about it. Well, that's probably true, but if it's bad and bad and bad and bad, you got to find some good somewhere, and they've got to stop the rhetoric of bashing each other when they make the decisions. If somebody goes for the money, you got to respect their individual decision. It's a lot of money. If somebody goes because they haven't succeeded on the regular tour, that's their decision. But then when you look back in the mirror, don't trash the tour on the way out because they created the situation that gave you the ability to put some money in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about a sport that is thriving. Major League Baseball, we're coming off the All-Star Week. I was out there for a couple of days. For me, Rick, it felt like it was a massive success, and I guess the numbers support that notion. Well, it depends on your perspective. Uh, Concessions up 60% success. 3,500 media credentials, the most since the New York event, 2013, success. Attendance for the weekend, about 150,000 successful. Home Run Derby, amazing. Soto is going to parlay it into tremendous success, half a billion dollars. And the television ratings were high, which is good, but also from the perspective of lower than last year, about 10%. So we understand the All-Star game has its place. It's not appointment viewing must-have, like people said it was years ago, but it's going to be there. It's still higher than the NBA's. And until players end up staying with their team for the rest of their lives, people aren't going to be as excited about watching their stars anymore, and that's not going to happen. So it was a mixed result. Yeah, I I can see that. I I think uh, in terms of some of these other All-Star games across the various other leagues rigged. At least they tried to take this one serious for the most part in terms of the All-Star yeah. game, you know, last Tuesday night until they started trying to rotate everyone and then the game sort of opened wide up. I had a lot of money on the uh, on the Nationals. Didn't work out for me on the old National League lineup. But how, how would you compare it to some of the other All-Star weeks and fixtures that we see from, you know, the NFL, NBA? How's it stack up? 
the, the English guy's got to throw in fixtures, man. I'm going to tell you, I thought we would go through five minutes without it, but I love it. I can't wait to go back, man. So I'll tell you, the other fixtures, not as great. NHL All-Star Gary Bettman is trying to make it into a very interesting weekend with this three-on-three event. Next year is going to be in Sunrise, Florida, and he's planning a big superstar thing here. NBA has turned into a, a fest, which is uh, not really basketball. It's about Ole, not really defense. And, of course, the Pro Bowl has been a, a tag game for a long time. So, you know, the interesting thing about all of this is, it is important for ratings. It's a time for trade shows. It's a time when business is going to be done. And so it's very important. I will tell you, listen, I'm taking you to break. So just calm down. This is going to be easy. It's very important to understand that this serves a very important role. You're great. Ben, you better watch out. When you come back, even more good stuff. So don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after here on a Thursday. Dubs Anderson taking you through the next hour here in place of Benny Stevens. Uh, he's on the IL for a couple of days here. And we now bring in our NBA insider, John Shames, here on a Thursday. Now, Shamesy, before we get started in the hard-hitting questions, i got to ask you about a basketball game earlier this week. Uh, clips emerged <laughs> of yourself out on the court. I, I did a bit of a scouting report, and some of the numbers came back uh, for Benny Stevens with a triple-double. What do you go, 21, 10, and 12? Uh, fantastic display from him. Kevin oh, Walsh, uh, 10, 8, and 6. But for John Shames, is this reading correctly here? 1, 2, and 0. I mean, what, what's doing out there, Shamesy? Yeah, out there for a bit of morale? <laughs> Listen, Dubsy, Are these numbers all, correct? I'm not... Uh, those numbers, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on the numbers. All right? I, don't need to, I don't need to self-incriminate with my poor play here on air. But yeah, when Kevin Walsh is your manager and he's got a vendetta against your boy, it's kind of cutting into the minutes. And of course, I'm a team player. We've got to let the young kids get out there, let them get the burn. They're rebounding a lot better than any of us old cats. But today we got another game, Dubs, and Sports Grid is favored, and I'm going to be getting some burn because we only got five players. So watch out for John Shames on the court, part two. Let the big dog eat this afternoon, baby. Let's talk some <laughs> NBA around the association. I feel like the whole offseason have just been about Kevin Durant. Where's he going? He doesn't want to be there in Brooklyn. I mean, they went as one of your favorites to a 40-to-1 number. They're now back into, what, 7-to-1 to take out the title race. We're hearing whispers this week. Hey, what about a swap? Uh, let's send him to Boston. Apparently, uh, you know, Tatum, yes, they saying, nah, nah, fam, I'm good. What should make of this one? Yeah, so you're seeing on your screen right now for our radio audience this report that the Nets and the Celtics have entered trade discussions centered around Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown being the big piece that would go back in that trade to Brooklyn as well as Marcus Smart and Derek White and a few other players and picks as well there. Jason Tatum yesterday, Dubsy, gets on a microphone when reporters are asking him. He says, you know what? I don't really make the, ba I don't make the decisions like that. I just play the basketball games, and I like our team as it's assembled now. That's kind of where I'm standing with this whole situation, Dubs. I am a Celtics fan myself, and of course, 
went to that NBA Finals this year. What an electric atmosphere. And everyone loves Jalen Brown, right? Like those fans, he is the guy. As much as you hear about Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown is, is a very important part of the Celtics and does not get his due credit kind of, you know, being pegged as this 1B behind Tatum when, frankly, he outplayed him in the Finals. So what I make of this situation overall is that, yeah, now the cat's out of the bag. Someone knows that you tried to, or Jalen Brown knows that you tried to trade him for Kevin Durant or that you're interested in doing that which of course, it's not the worst thing, right? It's Kevin Durant. That's a real superstar. And of all the players to be mentioned in trade conversations with, not the worst guy on that list. But still, Jalen Brown tweeting SMH earlier this week does not seem happy about what's going on here. Uh, I, I think it's one of those things where if you know Jalen Brown is already on his way out, you know, then maybe you include him in trade talks. But if he was not already decided on that you know, earlier this week, I think he certainly is now that you know, he, he is probably... Uh, his days in Boston might be limited beyond this season, Dubsy. Yeah, and you throw KD into any lineup and suddenly they're going to be, um, you know, one of the premier threats moving into the season. Maybe if we take a look at the Eastern Conference odds, the Celtics still favored there at plus 210, the Bucks at plus 270, the Nets down there at 7-1. to one. I mean, that's a pretty healthy number. Do you like any of these, John? And, and what is the likely outcome for Kevin Durant? We're hearing about the Miami Heat, a possible trade there, but... Is there a good chance that he stays with Brooklyn, him and Kyrie, you're throwing Ben Simmons, and they run it back for another season? Those three, clicking, healthy, all out on the court, that's going to be a problem for everyone. I think so. And, and even if this potential trade goes through where you bring in Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and potentially Derek White into Brooklyn as well as the picks and everything, you're talking about a Nets team that could be featuring Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Nick Claxton, like – this is a and Ben Simmons this is a good squad dubs you know like that's a playoff team as well so the Nets right there I think is a comfortable price for them because either way I think they're going to have a decent shot um, you know to make some noise there in the playoffs the, the team I'm really looking at on that list from a value perspective right now is the Toronto Raptors at 21 to 1 there Dubsy there's clearly a, a tier distinction when you look at this Eastern Conference board right with the Celtics and Bucks and then the Nets Heat and Sixers are kind of standing there by themselves but then in that in that triple digit price column the Raptors at 21 to 1 a team that I think is certainly going to be involved in some type of major offseason transaction they have the pieces they have the picks and they have the coach and playoff pedigree to where if they bring in a player you know much like they did with Kawhi Leonard who's to say if Kevin Durant is not acquired by the Toronto Raptors that they don't become the Eastern Conference favorite or have a real shot to make it out of the East there so when I'm looking at that board kind of factoring in you know the rest of the offseason and some potential moves that we might see the Raptors at 21 to 1 seem to be uh you know some good value on that board Dubsy yeah, I don't, like, uh, don't mind the look of the Miami Heat there as well at 7-1. to one. I mean, they were fantastic. Uh, great defense, well coached. Jimmy Buckets already sporting a new hairdo in the offseason, getting ready for another campaign. Miami Heat, Shamesy, that's a team to watch, right? I think Miami is certainly a team to watch. And actually, it came out yesterday, Dubsy. Uh, the, the Miami Herald was reporting that Miami's basically planning on just running it back. There were some initial reports that they were interested in acquiring Kevin Durant. But Bam Adebayo, the star center for Miami, seems to be the sticking point in this deal. Brooklyn wants him. Miami does not want to send him out. And you're seeing that quote there. Miami remains interested in Kevin Durant, but the Brooklyn Nets have displayed little interest in the Heat's offer for the high-scoring superstar. And Miami is moving ahead with its current roster for next season. Though the Nets would have interest in Bam Adebayo in a Durant trade, 
the heat has not included Adebayo and does an impairs discipline to do so. So I'm not sure we're going to see a major shakeup there. The big loss this offseason for Miami is P.J. Tucker, who was a really important part of not just the Milwaukee Bucks uh, playoff success two years ago, Dubs, but really getting Miami to that Eastern Conference Finals and one game away from making the NBA Finals for the, third, or for the second time in three seasons. So I'm interested to see how P.J. Tucker kind of impacts the defense of that group, which is a very you know, grinded, slow, defensive-paced team. Um, but you're, you're still going to have guys like Tyler Hero who might be signing an extension at some point. Duncan Robinson is due for a resurgence there. So when I look at that board, 7-1 to one for the Heat, not a bad look there. I could certainly see them, you know, taking a, a Celtics or Bucks team to a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference, much like they did this year and much like they did a few years ago when they beat Milwaukee. Who's to say that can't happen again? 7-1, to one, that's a good look in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, all roads are going to lead to uh, my Lakers in the playoffs. LeBron James, uh, <laughs> King Westbrook. I, I can't even say it with a straight face. They are dismal, mate. Let's get Jazzy with it. Talk to me about Donovan Mitchell. A lot of suitors out there showing a bit of interest. Could he be leaving Utah? I think he is probably, I mean, I think he wants to leave Utah. But I think if we know one thing about Danny Ainge is that he's not going to sell his assets for pennies on the dollar here. So it's going to take another Rudy Gobert-esque deal to actually get Donovan Mitchell out of town. I think, you know, if, if I'm Danny Ainge and if I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm sitting here saying I don't have to trade Donovan Mitchell right now. He's still a good player. We still, the, the, the Jazz odds have dropped significantly for this upcoming season. But, you know, who's to say that they can't sneak into that, maybe that play-in status they brought in? a couple of guys um, from, uh, from Washington during the offseason here. So I I'm interested to see what happens with Utah, but where it goes with Donovan Mitchell, you're seeing here the, the Wizards, Raptors, Hornets, Kings, Heat, Hawks, along with the Knicks, have all expressed interest in Donovan Mitchell. That's a lot of team, Dubsy. And it makes sense, right? Donovan Mitchell is a guy who you can kind of plug and play. He can play on ball. He can play off ball. He's got the shooting to space the floor. And, of course, the defense has been a little you know, touch and go depending on the season, but he's athletic enough to, to make an impact if he's committed. So a team like the Knicks maybe with Tom Thibodeau and his defensive philosophy could be an interesting spot to look there uh, for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Talk to me about uh, defending champions, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, the, bo the boys are all out having a fantastic time. We saw Steph Curry at the Oakland A's game. I mean, I, I wonder how much they had to pay him to throw out the first pitch. You couldn't pay me enough <laughs> to go and watch an Oakland baseball game. Please behave. I mean, Clay was down here at the Dodgers game watching his brother, Trace, who plays for the Dodgers. How did I not know until recently that Clay Thompson had a brother, Trace, who plays in the MLB? I mean, that just blew my mind. But talk to me about Draymond Green. Um, he's searching for a four-year max extension, $164 million, but apparently the feeling, it's not so mutual. What's your take for that? So with the Warriors right now, Dubs, it's really all about the luxury tax. And this has kind of been a massive debate over NBA Twitter the past few days of like, what's, what's the fair threshold for this luxury tax, yeah. which essentially makes it so that these small markets are paying out the wazoo to keep their superstars. And it kind of makes it very difficult to both keep your bill at a reasonable level and also contend at a championship level on the, on the court, you know, for an extended period of time. I don't think Draymond Green is worth that much money right now for most teams. But for the Golden State Warriors, the defending champion, the four-time champion Golden State Warriors since 2015, I think you're probably going to have to pay to keep your core together. 
I don't see them making a move where they just let Draymond walk. I think at this point, he's such an integral part of what they do and in their locker room as well. I, I think he's, you know, it's the fabric of your team at the end of the day. And it's, the question is, how much are you willing to pay to maintain that fabric, uh, especially as it pertains to kind of the off-the-court relationships here? So I don't know, Dubsy. I, if, I'm, if I'm Joe Lacobe, I probably shell out for Draymond Green, maybe begrudgingly, knowing that it's going to cost me probably a hell of a lot more than the 150 million because you have luxury tax to factor in there. But you just came, you're coming off an NBA championship, and you got another shot to do the same thing again next year. I'm not messing with that vision if I'm Joe Lacobe. Yeah, lovely. Quick one, Shane. Who's more likely to be on the court for the Lakers come round one, Carmelo Anthony or Russell Westbrook? Carmelo Anthony, Russell Exorcist getting traded. John Shames scoring 50 tonight. Keep it right here, guys. (laughs) Let's go, baby. The morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson, now joined by Ryan Williams from the FanDuel Sportsbook to talk a little football training camp underway this week for all the teams in the National Football League. Ryan, it feels different. It feels like it's only a few weeks away. I mean, some of the big uh, news items that have dropped this week, Kyler Murray um, getting a clause in that contract that he has to do four hours of independent study. They've got no faith in him. Already, Julio Jones goes and joins Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they didn't already have enough threats out wide. Good to see Michael Thomas back out on the training paddock yesterday. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers showing up to training dressed like Nicolas Cage from Conair. Ryan, happy Thursday, mate. You must be excited. Football is back. Oh, we're always excited, Doves, when football can be back, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it's just better. Life is better. When football is around, I mean, even the preseason games, I'm sure that I'll be on here on the morning after talking some of those preseason lines, but uh, we, we love it. It's, it's 24 seven, 365 really, but definitely now that we're gearing towards August, uh, we can really get into, get into some fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Let's get started into it. I, I know it's early days, but looking at the futures market here um, to take out the end of the race for the Super Bowl, which teams are you trending towards Based on maybe a couple of, uh, you know, off-season acquisitions, who'd we like the look of last season? Obviously, the Bills are favorite there, plus 650. The Buccaneers, again, Julio joins joins the ranks there, plus 750. Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs at plus 950. Who stands out for you? And maybe who's got a bit of value in this market for you? Yeah, so it's it's been interesting because we've seen some quarterback movement over the past couple of years, Dubs, and that's kind of led to the Super Bowl, you know, favorite. So you can understand why the money is coming in on the Denver Broncos as they're 17 to 1. I mean, Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, they win a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford goes to the LA Rams, they win a Super Bowl. But I think this year, you know, maybe we see it go back to the mean with with some of these guys who are getting slept on a little bit. I mean, look at the Chiefs number at nine to one. I mean, they're always in the hunts and, and Patty Mahomes and is who we trust. Uh, I like getting them at that number. And then you're also looking at the Ravens at at 21 to 1 odds there at 2100 with Lamar Jackson being back. You're talking about, you know, quarterbacks being in the news and getting slighted. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson's been one of them, you know, just never, never getting that shot. And this guy has, you know, done everything that he can for this Ravens franchise to try and get them back to the promised land and hoist the Lombardi. So really like the AFC teams there. Um, if we're going the NFC route, I got to go with the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is the reason why Tom Brady came back this year. And you're looking at the pieces they got just signing Julio Jones and getting in a guy like Russell Gage, who I think will will definitely have some merit in this offense. And plus the defensive set, they're already set. So I think the Buccaneers are going to be the favorites there in the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, maybe Gronkowski if he comes back at some point as well. But I mean, for Lamar Jackson, he has got to be motivated to seeing some of these bags thrown out, notably uh, for Kyler Murray there, $230 million this offseason. It is a lot of change, but mate, Talk to me about who we're not so big on. I hate being that guy, but maybe uh, a couple of disappointments, maybe a bit of regression from last season in terms of uh, worst regular season record. Who do you not have high hopes of going into the season here? Yeah, well, you got to – I think it starts off with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, the Houston Texans, you know, those we, we might get to them later, but in case we don't, like, I kind of like them. I believe 25-1 to 1 to win the division. Like, the AFC South is kind of up for grabs, in my opinion, and I think the Houston Texans are just getting a bad rap from – what was a year before, but we saw Davis Mills kind of turn it on towards the end of the season. But the the Atlanta Falcons there, with when you're looking at Marcus Mariota, I mean, this is a 500 quarterback for his career. Over his last eight starts, I believe he's, or maybe it's the last seven, he's two and two and uh, five there um, as a starter, and really not not much to to talk about there. I mean, they play in a tough division. You're looking at Carolina getting a quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady being back, Jameis Winston being healthy. I just think it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for them. Now, if you go down a little bit further, Dubs, let's talk about the New York Giants, who I think are really getting favored just because of Brian Dayball being there, but still the usual suspects. I mean, do we know who they're going to be rolling out at the wide receiver position? People believe that Saquon is going to be healthy and be able to bounce back, but, you know, we have yet to see it. The defense also has some question marks, and they still have Daniel Jones, which, I mean, Dayball did, you know, right the ship with Josh Allen, but maybe Josh Allen is just that much better of a talent than Daniel Jones. We've seen a lot of tape on this guy. So I think the Giants there, you know, playing in a tough division in the NFC East, those teams always beat up on each other, and they do have a tough schedule outside of that. So that would be a long shot that I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw in the Jets at, uh, what is it, 7-1. to one. Zach Wilson, too busy trying to go on Tinder dates with mum's best friend. Absolute wacky stuff. This is what I love about the football. There's never a shortage of good old headlines. Mate, let's talk about perfect, imperfect seasons. Can anyone go 17-0 and 0 or 0-17? It's an almighty task trying to keep it lit for 17 games straight. Can you see this being a possibility for the yes to go 17 and 0, 11 to 1. It's a healthy number offered up by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, I mean, e- either one of these situations, I mean, it is really tough to get behind. But, you know, bringing up the Kansas City Chiefs again, I mean, you're looking at this team that for them to go, I think it's 14 and a half wins. If you go with the alternate win totals over on the FanDuel Sportsbook, they're plus 950. I mean, they're getting longer shots than, you know, teams like the Green Bay Packers and uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, I feel like Kansas City, you know, having the chip on their shoulder, um, even with Tyreek Hill being gone, I think that we can trust Andy Reid's system. And it, it's tough. It's tough to go perfect, you know, 17 and 0. 
we we don't really see that all too often. Patriots last team to do it. I know uh, Mercury Merce for the uh, Mercury Merce for the Miami Dolphins will be you know on ESPN or somewhere talking about the perfect season. But uh, I think if you're gonna go with anything, I definitely like getting the ultimate line totals um, on some teams that you feel like can get close to getting to that 17-0, and you're probably getting as close of odds, close to the juice, if not um, better juice. Yeah, I like that. The only concern is uh, with Kansas City, according to Tyreek Hill, that uh, Mahomes, he doesn't have the accurate long ball, please. I mean, get <laughs> out of here. What are you talking about? Mate, keep it up with the AFC. We, we know who are going to be the contenders, right? The Bills are going to be up there. The Chiefs are going to be there. Um, you know, Russ joining the Denver Broncos. That suddenly makes them a threat. Who's the team to beat? Who we like for the number one seed in the AFC playoffs? And then again, to take out the AFC Championship. Obviously, the two are going to be, you know, pretty uh, strongly correlated towards each other in the markets. Yeah, let's talk about the Chargers, who have been getting a lot of a lot of traction uh, on the on the sports books um, as of late. And when you're looking at you know them to win the division, I mean, they're I believe they're the second favorite right now as it sits in the AFC West. But when you're looking at their number one seed odds, they're you know you're getting plus nine fifty on them, I believe. And so we absolutely love when we can find those discrepancies, Dubs. When you're just talking about you know, okay, so people think that this team has a chance to win the division. This is probably the best division in football, the AFC West. And if they're going to win that, they're likely having the best record in the AFC. So getting them at, at, you know, nine and a half to one, as opposed to, you know, close to two to one, just to win the division, I think is probably a better bet there. Yeah, and uh, I, I see that number uh, offered up there, the Texans to win their division going up against the Colts, Jaguars, and the Titans. Am, am I seeing Riley? That looks like a nice little number to uh, to start the Thursday off right in the old futures market. You, you've got some hope with the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, Dubs, you know, listen, Lovey Smith is coming in, and this guy, you know, being here in Chicago, uh, he, he got a he got a bad rap towards the end of his career, but he was, you know, very consistent in getting this team. You know, we think about the likes of John Harbaugh's and Andy Reid's and maybe the Mike Tomlin's where these guys just have winning records. And if this Houston yeah. Texans defense can be healthy and Davis Mills can get it going, I think, you know, they, they do have pieces involved that would make them compete just within the division now. You know, we got the Colts. We'll see what Matt Ryan has left in the tank. The word is still out on on Trevor Lawrence on whether he's going to be a viable candidate there to to lead the team uh, with Jacksonville. Um, And then you're looking at the Tennessee Titans who lose A.J. Brown there for Ryan Tannehill. So I think it's more up for grabs than than people want to admit. And just getting a 25 to one long shot like that, I think, is worth taking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate, let's turn it to to, uh, the NFC. I thought it was quite funny yesterday. Aaron Rodgers is saying that he's now going from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer, loses Devontae Adams, now talking about his uh, preferred passing option, Alan Lazard there. I think, uh, you know, question marks around the chemistry and the outlook for Green Bay. But, of course, the quarterback is going to make the wide receiver. we got the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Zeke. What are they going to come back with? I mean, Jerry Jones, you know, was, uh, again, getting himself in the, in the, the papers for all the wrong reasons again yesterday. We've got the Panthers, um, the, the fans already cheering for Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold, and they're walking right next to each other. It's tough to see. And, of course, the 49ers uh, showing their support behind Trey Lance saying, Jimmy G, see you later. Thanks for everything. Who are you liking in the NFC? 
Yeah, the the 49ers are interesting just because the way that Kyle Shanahan has been coaching that team in that division, you know, with with Jimmy G. And if Trey Lance can can be that guy, they they drafted him. Uh, they trained, they wanted to get him, so traded up to get him, and they they believe in him. So that's not always an interesting bet. But you know they're not really explosive all around, and there's a lot of question marks. So I think people won't tend to take them. But getting them at I believe nine to one, it, it does have some merit to it. But also, I mean, let's just talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I get they're the favor, but it's still three to one there, and it's Tom Brady. I mean, this guy, you know, when you're talking about winning the division. Um, he's done it pretty much throughout his career. I think he's only not won the division three times since the year of 2002. Um, and that's in the AFC and NFC both alike. And you're just looking at the regime not changing over. I mean, Bruce Arians being replaced by Todd Bowles, same difference. Uh, he's been, he's been there under Arians during their during their winning time, so to speak, uh, these past couple seasons. So I definitely like getting action on them because if they start if they start out the gates and are really just firing on all cylinders, that number is going to change dramatically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the number for the Rams there five to one, trying to go back to back. It's never easy being uh you know super bowl champions everyone's going to get up for you week to week maybe a little regression what's your outlook for the rams uh mcveigh matty stafford aaron donald's coming back on are you thinking strong again or maybe a bit of a uh, decline no i think definitely strong again you know we 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 do tend to see after the after the Super Bowl has come and gone, you know, we've already seen Von Miller depart and OBJ, who was, you know, a, a prime piece of them towards the end of the season to to kind of gear up, uh, kind of helped them over the hump there as they were kind of struggling as of late, but still got Cooper Cup. I love that the backfield's getting healthier with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson um, and, and still got Matthew Stafford, who who definitely still has some stuff to prove. And I think whenever you have that quarterback in the mix, you definitely have a shot. So people want to take the Rams and potentially get them back to back. I have no, I have no qualms about that, Dubs. That's that's definitely a good route to go as they've been able to keep most of the twenty-two from last year intact. Love it, mate. Uh, NFC West, Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray getting that bag. Uh, very, very talented quarterback. Two hundred thirty million dollars. But they're saying, hey, we need you to do a bit more study. Put the old PlayStation down. I'll ask you real simply: Pretenders or contenders it's not a great way to uh, to start training camp yeah i think we'll we'll just see dubs how the season starts they've been successful the past two seasons to start i believe they had two losses in their first couple of games two years ago seven and oh perfect last year so if they start out well then i would not take them to do anything down the stretch ryan williams from the fandle sportsbook ryan we appreciate you jumping on the show here uh, on a Thursday. What is it? Four more weeks until the season kicks off. I look forward to seeing you. Plenty more once we get underway. And the Rams going back to back? I think so. Ryan, appreciate you, my man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after, powered by the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Dubs Anderson. It's been nothing but a blast. The last couple of hours filling in for Benny Stevens in 
If you're asking for uh, a little more of Dubsy in your life, guess what? I'm back tomorrow morning as punishment for all you viewers and listeners out there. But we're back in winners. Dish and Dimes. The PGA Tour round one. A quick score update. Tony Finau on top of that leaderboard at six under par. We played guess the line earlier. We need Tony to get it to eight under par. But before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for our best bet. Time for bye-bye-bye. Okay, we're turning it to You're baseball. listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Scott Wetzel. This afternoon, the Rangers taken on the Angels. A couple of cellar dwellers, if you will. Not a great matchup, but again, Shohai Otani, one of the best weapons in sports, in baseball, takes the mound this afternoon. And we're looking at the strikeouts. We're going for props. We're going to say Otani doesn't hit that eight and a half mark. I'm going to say we play the unders. Minus 132. It's a good number. Otani, I absolutely love your power. Nine and five for the season. 2.80 ERA. But I'm not going to ride him for a successful outing this evening for the Angels. So many distractions going on for them with Mike Trout, the terrible season they're having. So Otani, he's going to be special, but not good enough tonight to get more than eight and a half strikeouts. And that's what we're doing here on a Thursday. We're dishing our dimes. We're back in winners. We're having a good time. We're talking football. Only four more weeks until we get football back. NFL, college ball, not far away. We spoke to Shamesy. NBA futures markets and the golf. You know the golf's always there. Don't get your voice started. Two events this week, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the Live Series. If you're looking for a bit more spice in your life, we've got WNBA, MLS soccer. The Premier League starts next Friday. Don't you dare try and tell Dubsy the dog days of summer. I will not entertain it. This is the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson. If you're in the red, go to bed. If you're in the black, keep it on the attack. I'll see you back here tomorrow, the morning after.